right in the back of the daily texts, um, there's a neat little story about Martin Luther and his barber. Uh, one time, um, his barber, you know, he'd been cutting Martin Luther's hair for a while, and he had a question for him. He said, Dr. Luther, how do you pray? What, what do you do when you pray? And Martin Luther thought about it, and he ended up writing a whole letter, uh, almost like a little uh, pamphlet to his barber in response. Uh, and he titled it, A Lesson on How to Pray for a Good Friend. And he walked him through kind of the, the way that he would pray through Scripture, that he would use Scripture as a guide to his prayer. So he wasn't just you know, making up his own things. Uh, and over the years, that pattern of prayer has been used by millions of people uh, across the world. And it's used in the daily texts uh, as a guide for how we can shape our prayer through God's Word. So during this sermon series on this pattern of prayer, which we call taking a trip with God's Word, we're going to look at two of the fundamental questions of our faith. How do we understand what God is saying to us, and how do we act on what we've heard? We begin by asking the question, how do we listen to God? How do we hear God's voice? Now, how many of you have a pet? Lots of you have pets. Okay, what kind of pet do you have? Dogs, cats, and lizards. Wow. Uh, what's your oldest pet and what's its name? Siamese. Siamese. A Siamese cat. Who else has got a pet? What, what's the, the pet's name? What, what kind of pet is it and what's its name? Peewee and Brandy, both dogs. How about over here? Who's got a pet? Yeah. Kirby, and he's a, a cat. All right. What else? Yes. A fish? What's your fish's name? Bubbles. That's a great name for a fish. <laughs> Who else has got a, a, a pet? Yeah. That's right. We have a cat named Jovi and a dog named Tessa. We got Tessa from a, 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 a pound up in Clear Lake a few months ago, and she has just fit in so well with our family. She's a, just a really gentle, gentle dog. Um, and, you know, it didn't really take long for her to fit in with the family. It wasn't, you know, she didn't come with that name. She had another name. She's about four or five years old. And... Uh, but we decided we wanted to call her Tessa, and it wasn't more than a day or so before she started responding to her new name. Uh, she, she knows our voices. She responds to our voices. And many of you with pets, you've, you've seen that yourselves, how they'll, they, they hear your, as soon as they hear your voice, their ears prick up, and uh, they respond to you. Now, Jesus lived at a time when shepherds had that kind of relationship with their sheep, uh, that, you know, they would respond to the voice of their sheep. Now, um, there's not too many people here that have sheep for pets. <laughs> there's uh, probably a few folks that raise sheep. Um, and, you know, we've been out to uh, Justin and Katie Hansen's farm, and they've got sheep, and they will uh, respond, you know, as, as soon as they come out uh, to the fence, those sheep are coming out. Are they, are they bringing food? <laughs> Is there corn? <laughs> um, I don't know that they, you know, call them by name, but in Jesus' day, that's kind of what a shepherd would do. The shepherd, you know, not only fed the sheep, but lived with the sheep out in the fields, would bring them in and out of their pen at night, uh, would take care of them, protect them from all the wild animals out there, be with them while they were lambing. Um, everything, that, you know, they, they lived with, with the sheep the whole time, and the sheep knew them and followed them and listened 
for the voice of their shepherd. Jesus calls us his sheep. Uh, he calls us his flock. Uh, in John's gospel, he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. You are Jesus' sheep. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And then he says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. When Jesus talked about his relationship to you and me, he talks about us listening to his voice and following him. Can you hear his voice? How would you know that it was Jesus speaking to you? Let's see what we can learn from Jesus' life. Today is uh, the baptism of our Lord Sunday, where uh, we remember that uh, Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, came to be baptized by uh, his cousin, John the Baptist. Now, where was it that Jesus was baptized? Anybody remember? The River Jordan. That's right. That's, uh, it's actually the river that the Israelites had to cross when they were coming into the promised land. Uh, and not, not only did they have to walk through this, this river, they were coming through it at flood time, and God opened up the waters for them to be able to march across on dry land, just like he opened up the waters of the Red Sea when they were coming out of slavery from Egypt. So it wasn't by mistake that John was out in the wilderness right by the Jordan baptizing people there. But do you remember what happened when Jesus came to be baptized? He was baptized, and when he came up out of the waters, it was like the heavens were ripped open, and suddenly there was a voice. What did the voice say? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, this was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't saved any. He hadn't done anything. And yet God said, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. That story gives us a picture of what God does at our baptism. You know, when we are brought for baptism or when we come for baptism, whether it's as a baby or as an adult or a, a child, God speaks those same words to us. He says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. I have brought you out of slavery to sin. I have rescued you, and I'm going to be with you through the wilderness of your life, and I will bring you to the land that I have prepared for you. God has good plans for us. He welcomes us into his family. And we know that he is our father, the one who watches over us, cares for us, provides for us, all of that. We don't, you know, when we're baptized, we don't hear the voice from heaven. <laughs> you know, the, the roof isn't torn off the sanctuary here. Um, but we know that God is with us. We have, the way that we hear God's voice is by paying attention to what we read in the Bible. The first thing that we learn about God's voice by listening to Scripture is that Jesus' voice is God's voice. We know that Jesus and God are one. We also know that Jesus is the image of God. So we can most clearly understand what God wants us to hear by listening to Jesus. We can get some help with that by thinking about the time when the disciples, Peter, James, and John, went up a mountain with Jesus to uh, this place where uh, they were praying, and then all of a sudden, they saw Jesus standing with Moses and Elijah. These were, you know, 
These guys have been gone for hundreds of years, and they were two of the most important people in the Old Testament. Moses was you know, the, the one that brought them out of slavery and who led them through the wilderness, and you know, the God gave him the Ten Commandments to give them a rule for their lives. And Elijah, you know, we heard about him in Sunday school today, both in the adult class and Sunday school class. He was one of the greatest prophets ever. God used him mightily to do all sorts of things. And here Jesus is, standing with Moses and Elijah. Well, the disciples must have thought, this is great. Jesus is with Moses and Elijah? Peter said, let's build you some, some little dwellings so we can stay up here on the mountaintop. Isn't that what we kind of like to do with our mountaintop experiences is try to you know, hold on to them? But there they were, all there on that mountaintop, and then suddenly this cloud of God's presence covered them and cut off Peter right in the middle of what he was saying. And again a voice spoke and said, this is my beloved son. Same words. Listen to him. And when the cloud disappeared, the disciples only saw Jesus. Jesus alone. God wants us to listen to Jesus. Above all the other voices, above all the other people around us, our heroes, uh, the people that we look up to, God wants us to listen to Jesus. Now, how many of you have had your parents say to you, um, you know, students, I'm sure you hear this quite a bit, uh, do you have any homework tonight? <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Uh, or, you know, those of you, who, you can think back to when your parents said to you, you know, what homework do you have tonight? And if uh, you say, oh, I don't know, <laughs> do they just let it be? No, they ask you more questions, don't they? They say, well, what about, do you have homework from science? Do you have homework from English? Do you have homework from history? Tell me. All these different things. Their questions help you remember what your teacher told you. So questions get us to the heart of something. That's why we use questions to help get to the heart of God's voice for our daily living. There are four questions that we're going to ask of God's word during this series as part of this pattern of prayer. One each week. Four questions form a word. T-R-I-P. We're taking a trip to remember, help us remember where we're going. Uh, a trip to the heart of God. Each week we'll learn a different lesson and we'll apply the, uh, the, the question to the Bible verses in your bulletin. So I invite you to get that out from your bulletin, that little insert. The first question that we're going to look at begins with the letter T. Uh, the T reminds us of the word thanks or thanksgiving. Uh, so the question that we'll use is this. What in this verse makes me thankful? In Philippians, it, it, when... The Apostle Paul was writing his letter to the Philippians. He was actually speaking to them from prison. He had been put in prison for telling people about Jesus. And he knew that he was probably facing his death. And yet, his letter to them was filled with all this joy and thanks. And so in chapter 4 of Philippians, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God with thanksgiving. 
Now, he doesn't say be thankful for every situation that you're in, but be thankful in every situation that you're in. We start with thanks because of what God has done for us. In the first place, God has made us his own as part of his family. He's forgiven us our sins. He's given us a hope for the future. You know, um, who we are as a people flows out of what God has done for us and promises to do for us. Um, we've been prepared for and given everything that we need. What are some of the things that God has given to us from our parents? What are some, if, if you think about some of the daily blessings that you have, um, what are some of the things that immediately come to mind? Love. What else? Forgiveness. What are some of the, the concrete and like material things that... Shelter, absolutely. What? Food. Clothing. Protection. Water. Yeah. Someplace warm on a cold day like today. All of those things are gifts that we, we so often just take for granted. I mean, how often do you just walk over and turn on your faucet and not even realize what a gift it is to have fresh, clean water coming out, you know, right there. You don't have to go to a stream. You don't have to dig a deep well yourself. It's all there already for you. But we're also created for more than this life. We're created for eternity in the new heavens and new earth. And God wants us to be thankful for everything that he's provided to us. So let's look at our first promise. Uh, the first passage that you have there from Matthew 28. These are the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples just before he left them. And he's, they're just as true for you and me as, as they were for them. Jesus said to them, All authority has been given to me. And then he says this, and let's read it together. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what are some things in this verse that make us thankful? What do you see in that verse that you can be thankful for? I can see something right away, but what, what, do you, what sticks out for you that you can be thankful about? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you always. No matter what you go through, I am with you. What else can we be thankful for from this verse? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he gives us a purpose, a mission, a direction for us to do. It's, it's the marching orders for the church. This is what the church is all about. Go make disciples. Tell people about me. What else can we be thankful for in this verse? We're not alone. Yep. Other things that you see to be thankful for. All of those things together. You know, that he's with us. We're not alone. He's given us a purpose. He's built us into, he, he wants us to go and make more disciples so that we can be part of this family. Now, let's go through everything that we've learned. From, you know, did you, did you notice how life-giving it was to hear people say what made them thankful? What you heard is the voice of Jesus. Jesus' voice gives life to us. So now let's turn these thanks ideas into a conversational response to Jesus. How can we express our gratitude 
as a response. If somebody gives you a, a gift for a graduation or a wedding or something like that, uh, what do you do afterwards? Yeah, you send them a thank you. You write down your gratitude and send it to them. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to give our thanks back to him as a response. So, so try expressing what you're thankful for from Jesus as a response. Here's, here's how I might do it. So everybody grab a pen and write down on your sheet what you are thankful for as a response. Uh, I might say, I thank you, Lord, that you're with me all the time. Thank you for giving me a mission and for promising to help me live out that mission. Now, what did you notice about how I phrased that response? How did I address God? I said, I thank you, Lord. Yeah, you're, you're talking directly to not just I'm thankful that, but I thank you, Lord. So as you're writing, talk to the Lord. Uh, talk to him directly. Say you. So write your, your response there on the insert. Take just a minute to do that. And then when you're finished writing what you want to say thank you for, then turn to the person next to you and share what you wrote. So now let's practice that with the next verse. Go on to the next one. This is John 3.16 is one that most of us know by heart. Uh, but you may not remember verse 17. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. All right, so let's try the thanks response again. What, what in this verse makes you thankful? We're, saved through, we're thankful that we're saved through Jesus. He said, God's love. Yeah. He loves us that much that he sent his own son. What else are you thankful for? What else do you see in that verse to make you thankful? Yes, a gift of eternal life. Yeah. What else? Yeah, same, same thing. There's echoes in here. What else do you see there that makes you thankful? It's for... It's for everyone. And yeah, he didn't send his son to come. He didn't come to, you know, to be a, a guy pointing his finger at all of us. He came to stretch out his arms to be nailed to a cross. So take a moment, write down your thanks response again to God. Thank you, Lord, for. Write that down. All right, so that's just a beginning of how a little sample of how you can let Scripture shape your prayers by asking that question, what in this verse makes me thankful? And then turning it around, not just as I'm thankful for, but thank you, God, for doing this, for shaping me this way, for giving us this particular gift so that your life begins to flow out as a response to what God has done in your life. I invite you to take these sheets home with you and do that together uh, as a family or with some neighbors uh, to, to say, how, what else in John 15 where Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you? Or in Romans 28 where he's talking about the suffering that we go through and that God has a purpose even in all of that. What in those verses can make you thankful? Next week, we will be looking at these same verses, but we're going to ask the question 
that will help us have second thoughts, that will help us to see how we've fallen short. So I invite you to bring these sheets along with you, because as you'll see, each one, each week is going to build on the last one. We'll have extras if you forget, but we want you to bring them along so that you can see how the prayer builds as we walk through God's Word together. Let's pray some of these thanks aloud. Lord, thank you so much that you sent your Son to give us eternal life, not to condemn, but to save us, to save the world. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift of your presence, that you're always with us, no matter what. And thank you for giving us purpose for our lives, so that we can go out and share that good news with others. Lord, you are so good to us. Send us out to change the world by sharing Jesus and helping others listen to his voice too. And all God's people said, Amen.